Previously on Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World. I'm Tanya. I have a flat tire. I'm Alden. I'll save you. Explosion. Kids. Uh, Corey and Topanga. Lost forever. And scene. When this boy meets girl, this boy meets world. When this girl meets boy, meets boy, meets world. Hello, class. Open up your textbooks to Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World Season 4, Episode 17, Chapter Titled. Long Walk to Pittsburgh Part 2. That's right. It's the long-awaited finale of the last episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm Alden. I'm Tanya. I'm the boy. I'm the girl. And we're recording on Sunday morning again, so forgive us if we get lost. We're procrastinators this weekend. I mean, we've had a lot to do, too. Yes. Um, Anyway... Tanya, what what have you been up to this week? Any any exploding tires? Nope. Any any uh, crazy stories? No. Did you do anything at all? Uh, we went to our nephew's birthday party yesterday. That's exciting. And I blew bubbles for an hour and a half. I got ten shrimps. <laughs> <laughs> his allotment for the day. Well, his allot my allotment from from Liam was five shrimp. He said everyone could have five. That way he could have the rest. It was his birthday. It was his birthday. And he's, I looked at him and I was like, I think I might get more. And he was like, that's okay. Not everyone will probably get five. So I got somebody else's allotment of five. <laughs> he's very funny. He is. And the entire time Finley played VR. So Yeah, I didn't even, he went missing and I didn't know where he was. Yeah. We have video games at home. <laughs> I anyway. planted a lot of fall stuff for um, fall. Mm-hmm. And then it got... To be a very brisk 35 degrees last night, so... I built a shelf. That he did. So And last... he stained his desk that stained he... Stained my desk. That he built last week. I'm just He's a building just a builder. Mach- yeah, I'm a building machine. I'm Bob the Builder. Didn't I call Actually, you... Actually... Didn't I call you a builder a couple months ago? I, I did. I think you did. Also... And you're like, I'm not a builder. And I was like, uh, you build things. You are a builder. Last... Look at you now. Being la- a builder. What? <laughs> Not a talker, though, for sure. Last week on uh, the PlayStation broadcast, they were talking about me, and they said that I... They called me Bob the Builder. Not because of me building stuff, but because they said I would fix the podcast if they did anything wrong. Also, your name is technically Bob. It's not... It's not. It's Alden. What's your, what's your first name? Robert, but I don't go by uh-huh. that. Uh-huh. But so, like, what's the nickname for Robert? Bob is what my dad goes by, because uh-huh. his first name is Robert. But your first name is also Robert. So yeah, you are technically Bob the Builder. Do I go by that name, though? You don't. Oh, okay. But okay. you will now. No, I won't. Bob the Builder. Super won't. Okay. End of podcast. Forever. <laughs> um, yeah, so I built stuff. It's really fun. It's like, I've said it before, but like not while I was actually doing it and experiencing it. It's like Legos for adults. You said it last week. Did I say yeah. that last week? Mm-hmm. What else did I say last week so I don't say it now? Can you just read me the whole episode? I can't. Do you have the transcript? We should probably do transcripts at some point. Yeah. We can't even it's record. It's the kind thing to do. We can't even record before Sunday morning. That's so. true. We're so tired. Um, really, we've, we're just tired because we've been staying up watching Veronica Mars, and that's the whole God, of our week. It's so good. Like that's we, all we do. The problem with us, <laughs> one of the problems with us the only problem with us. We're perfect otherwise. One of the several problems with us is that <laughs> we binge watch entire shows. Like, so we can't week to week come in here and talk about something different because it takes however long it takes for us to get through the show. Well, and Veronica Mars sounds like it's not very big. It's like, ooh, a few seasons, not that big of a deal. But I feel like we've been watching it for like six years. Well, it's they're like hour long episodes ish. And um, they aren't, it's not like a Netflix show where it's 10 episode seasons. It's a, it's a network TV show. So they're 23 episodes. So that's 23 hours a season. There's math. (laughs) Good job. But it's really good. It is. I can't wait to watch more. In fact, let's watch it now. Right now. Uh, We also though did watch an episode of Boy Meets World. Just one. Just one. It was the finale of part one. It was part two. Uh, Season four, episode 17, chapter titled... Long Walk to Pittsburgh. And I'm going to have to ask you to blurb me up. 
I'm going to have to decline. I'm not blurbing. It's this, It's part two. Okay. They're still walking that marathon to Pittsburgh. I just moved in my chair and it sounded like I farted. And I hope it didn't come through on the microphone. <laughs> I hope it did. But I also, for a second, thought, did I fart? <laughs> uh, this episode was directed by Jeff McCracken. It was written, so last week was written by Maddie Nels, Matt Nelson. Um, I really feel like part one and part two should be written by the same person. It wasn't. It wasn't? No, this episode was written by Mark Blutman and Howard Buskay. <gasps> but gang is here to finish the back end of the job. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Um, and they did a good job. They did a great job. Uh, classroom or not, or chubbies or not, or any or not. How about mm, Matthew's living room or not? Oh, God. We can't do all the knots. We can do whatever we want. I don't want to. We are adults. I know, and I don't want to. We live a free existence. Uh, living the, room or not, Alden? It's, uh, not. What? Ooh. Am I wrong? I can do, I'm an adult, I'll do whatever I want. <laughs> no, we're in the living room. We're in the Matthews living room with, uh, er, uh, not Eric. Sean. Bad start. Sean. First name I said was wrong. Sean and Becky, making out. Was it Becky? Yeah. Um, I feel like Becky's a common name in this show. They said, well, the only reason I remember that is they said it like 125 times. It was Sean. Uh, I want to say British Becky. I don't know where she's from. She's supposed to be British. They also said that. Because they also kept talking about how good her English was, and uh, that, that was she the, was that the, was the joke. She was there on a work visa. That was the joke. That was a joke. The joke was that she spoke really good English, even though she was from a different country. They uh, were British. Uh, was that okay? Was that me not understanding the joke? Yes. Or was it them being dumb? No, you didn't understand the joke. Okay, well. You were like, I don't know where they're from, even though they said they're British. And <laughs> the whole joke was that they spoke really good English, even though they were from a different country. Anyway, what are they doing, Tanya? Making out. Who's making out? Sean and Becky. And? Well, Corey is sitting in a chair, pining away for Topanga. And other loosely British girl is sitting on the couch. And and Sean's just like, why aren't you guys making out? And Corey's just like, I love Topanga. This is a really weird question that you're asking me, Sean, because it is a very weird question that he's asking him. Like, why is Sean like this? And and um, not Becky starts to walk over to Corey and he like picks up the phone and goes, hello, Topanga? Oh, yes, I missed you too. Oh, you miss me? Oh, okay. Yeah, I'd love to. I think about you every day. I love you so, so much. And Sean gets up. Very angry. But, like, passionately embraces Corey in one of the most intimate moments of this entire series. Mm -hmm. Has his arm around Corey's waist and is, like, two inches away from his face. And he's like, if you love me, even if you don't love me. Care about me. He didn't say love. Yeah. Then you're going to go and make out with this girl and stop thinking about Topanga. He said, even if you don't care about me, and someday you might. It was very intimate. It was. Um, well, we've learned that when Sean wants to console someone, he makes out with them. That's true. That is true. Or in this case, he very passionately forces someone to make out with someone else. So he's like, all right, you guys, go make out. Or I'll kill you or something or like that. Or I'll kill you. Yeah, he threatens his life. And and then he goes back to sort of, okay, so while this is happening, the two British girls are sitting on the couch and like, I feel like this is maybe a little bit offensive to British people because I guess stereotypically British people like titter laugh, like really high pitched, like titter. It was weird. It was a weird thing. They just kept like this like weird high pitched chortling going on. I don't know if it was British. Like some, some people are just annoying and these two girls were annoying. Well, Becky was annoying. You didn't think other girl, Mm-mm. not Becky, was annoying? No. I thought they were annoying together. No. Oh, I you're thought... so wicked. Yeah. No, Becky was annoying and she was 85 years old. <laughs> she was. She was very old. But we're used to that. We've been watching Veronica Mars and all of the teenagers are 40. Well, yes. All right. We don't need to talk about Veronica Mars. We could. As much as I want to. Who wants our interim podcast to be about Veronica Mars? Oh, <laughs> Give us an excuse to finish the series faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think we could watch it any faster than we are. So, anyway, Corey is sitting there with not Becky and talking about, well, they start to get kind of close together. And then he's just like, 
basically just, like have you ever been in love have you ever been in love i just got out with a relationship with a girl that i've been with since i was or for 16 years yeah and he goes and sits back in the chair away and then like pats the little tiny spot beside him and and the girl comes and sits beside him and he's just like i just i miss her so much she was like torn away from me and like tells this grand tale and about them being ripped apart from each other and she's enraptured by this story yes so then not becky is just like um do you mind if I sit and cry for a bit? And Corey's like, may I cry with you? And then they embrace and just start crying. And Sean's just like... Sean goes, kill you. (laughs) So uh, Sean gets mad again. But now we cut to Topanga's bedroom. Where Corey's sitting by himself. I never realized that disgusting carpet before until Corey was sitting on this really weird, rusty red carpet in Topanga's room and no one's bought the house they just like vacated it and it's empty nothing's in there it's completely empty except you can see like where furniture used to be and several tissues strewn about which I assume was from Corey crying but you don't know he's a boy in love right and it's raining outside and you see a face in the window you clearly see a Mm -hmm. face through this window Uh and it's Eric's face and he comes in and he gets Corey and he's just like all right you're ridiculous. We're going home now. So he gets Corey and they leave and mm-hmm. they go home to the kitchen. We go to the kitchen where... When, when they get to the kitchen, when they get to outside the kitchen door, you can see them through the door. Oh my God. Just... So... Painting we, a picture. One bold color at a time. <laughs> uh, so Eric sits down with Corey, who's really, really upset. And Eric starts talking about how he never got over this girl uh, when he was dating. Uh, he... Our rooster is ridiculous. He's cold. Um, he's also an asshole. So he, Eric says he dated this girl named Francesca. Oh, this was such Pango's room. I forgot about that. Hmm? No, not... this is in the kitchen. Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, it's very clearly in the kitchen because Eric starts talking about this girl named Fr- Francesca, who he was in love with, and and he couldn't uh, get over her when she left. And first off, I just kept thinking about the fact that. In uh, WWE, the New Day's trombone is named Francesca. And I just imagine literally in my head, I see Eric making out with a trombone. Which would track. And uh, 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 Alan sits down next to Eric, which he couldn't do in Topanga's room. Oh, I was just thinking because you didn't talk about the fact that when Eric brings Corey in, he says that he found a stray puppy outside and can he keep him? Oh, okay. Um, You're right. I missed that. You did. And Alan says, who was Francesca? And Eric goes, there was no Francesca. I'm just trying to help. And Alan goes, no one wanted you to. <laughs> um, Alan then basically offers to take Corey to Pittsburgh. Yeah, he's, he's like, a- we can go. I'll take you. I've got to go to a few uh, businesses anyway. Um, and Amy immediately like vetoes that. She's like, I don't think that's a good idea. Yeah. And Alan's or Corey's like, why not? Like, I I'm going to go see Topanga. I miss her. I love her. And Amy's like, you need to move on. This is unhealthy. You are 16. Please move on. Yeah. She's not here anymore. You need to date other people. Like, Uh, you don't know what love is because you don't have any experience. And she says, you need to meet other people and have other relationships. I dated four other men before your father. And Alan goes, I remember three. And uh, Also, that's not very many. It's not very many at all, Tanya. But how many men have you dated before me? How many men have you dated before me? Probably more than you have. Yeah, probably. <laughs> You're the attractive one in the That's relationship. not true. I'm just, I put myself out there. Um, anyway, Corey says, you know what? I'm not going to go to Pittsburgh anyway. I'm not going to go meet Topanga because I'll, all I know is that I have been calling her and I have been writing her and, and I've always been the one reaching out. I'm not going to be the one that drives 300 miles to go see her. And... And he's standing in front of the kitchen door, which is glass. Like, there's glass windows. And there's nothing behind that glass window. No faces, no nothing. What could Tanya be getting at? What happens next? Corey goes to open the door because he's so sad he's going to walk out into the rain, I guess. Mm -hmm. And when he opens the door, 
Topanga's there. Like the scream ghost. Yeah. She wasn't on the other side of that door before he opened it. I don't you know how this happened. You want to watch a scary movie, Corey? I'm Topanga. Stab, stab, stab. And he was like, yes, I love you. And she clearly, I, get, I don't know how she got there. Did she walk 300 they miles? They can drive. They're making it seem like she walked 300 miles. She is soaked to the bone. I think she it's drove. It's raining. And it's very apparent at this point now that in this show, if somebody makes a sad walk, it has to be raining. Yes. Oh, wait, she didn't drive. What did she do? I don't know. Maybe she took a train. Right. She didn't drive. And or she got one of those $30 bus passes I was talking about last week. Mm. And but it's like they have to do the walk. And I realize that they never have anybody like do a long, sad walk. And it's like sunny and a nice day. It's always like I really gross think and that rainy. should be changed. Yeah. Like it should be just like someone walking down the sidewalk, like crying with like birds chirping around Somebody him. Somebody rollerblades like, by them. And they're like walking through a field of beautiful flowers. Everything around them is sunshiny, happy, and sparkly. And they're just like in the depths of despair. The dog is licking their tears up. <laughs> um, so they start to look at Cor, or they start to talk to Topanga. And Alan is like, all right, where um, do you want to let your parents in? And Topanga's, or Eric goes, I don't think they're here. And. Alan says, what do you mean? Did you, How did you get here? Did they drop you off? And Eric goes, I don't think they dropped her off. <laughs> so he's basically speaking for Topanga. Topanga is just enraptured by seeing Corey again. They're very happy to be together again. I would just like to say they are 16 and they already go wherever they want, like mm-hmm. all the time. It is not that weird that she came. They're in the same state. Yeah, but, she didn't even leave the state. But uh, Alan says, "Do your parents not know you're here?" And Eric goes, "No, no, they don't." <laughs> but they, yeah, they're freaking out. They're like, "We have to tell your parents." Um, they're like, "You ran away from your parents, didn't you?" She's like, "I ran away to Corey. I told them I didn't want." to go to Pittsburgh. I told them that they were tearing me away from my life and they didn't listen to me and now I'm here. Yeah, and Alan and Amy are very angry. Uh, Alan gets very, like, passionately angry with with Topanga. And... Well, I think his is more of a defense mechanism because he does root for them where Amy is kind of against them, but Alan is frustrated because he's like, I've been rooting for you guys and you went against, like, you rebelled in right. order to do this. I was going to take Corey to see you. Right. Alan ships them. Yeah. Uh, Amy ships Corey and a million other people, apparently. Right. She's just being realistic. and To an extent. A lot of the things that she says do make sense, but it's also, like, especially at 16, they have to learn on their own. Like, we can't tell our kids who... We can't tell our children that they don't love someone. Like, that's not our place. Right. They have to figure out probably 10 years in the future that they didn't love this person at 16 years old. Right. Like, that's not our job it's, to tell them. It's not helpful to say, you don't love her. You don't know this what love, love is. You don't even, you don't have any life experience. What's wrong with you? Those feelings you feel, that's not love. And here's the thing about feelings. What's the thing? They're all valid. Feelings aren't facts. They are how you feel inside. So if you feel like you love someone, then you feel like you love someone. That's a very valid feeling. It's not a fact, but it is a feeling. Yeah, no, Amy is fucking up hard. I don't know that she is. She's she being is. she's being a mom. She's... Like there are many moms Sure. Who are like her. Uh-huh. Is it good? No. No. She's fucking up. But a lot of moms would be this way. Okay. But Alan is, I up. think, more upset over the fact that, like, the rebellion happened. And he's well, like, we are not the enemy. Like, I'm not the enemy here. You just did this wrong. Right. And he's right. Mm-hmm. She, she, I guess, walked 300 miles or whatever she did. Right. She rode on the back of a scooter. Um. Anyway, so they go into the Matthews living room um Corey and Topanga are talking on the couch and Corey's just like okay how did we lose touch with each other like I called you and you didn't answer and she was like every time we talked on the phone 
I got off the phone feeling more sad. So I just needed to get bit. I needed to be busy. I needed to do things to keep my mind off of the fact that I couldn't be with you. But you also didn't answer the phone sometimes. And he was like, every time I wasn't answering the phone, I was going and checking the mail for a letter from you. And Sean busts in the door and goes, the, uh, what were they called? I don't know. The, the, the Sparrow. Sisters. The Sparrow sisters called. They want to meet they wanna again. They want to see us again. And Topang is like, the Sparrow sisters, huh? Were they in the mailbox? <laughs> yeah. And Sean looks at Topanga and he's like, oh, your hair is wet? You're, you're, you're in wet? You're in Corey's clothes? I've seen this before. You ran away. She gets that from me. I would like to point out that I just realized the fact that he also ran away yeah. in the rain and wore Corey's clothes and they were too small for him. I did not even realize that that whole, like, I know the running away scenario was like a wink to the past, but like all of it. A wink to the past. Was a wink That's to my the past. favorite Super Nintendo game. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, the, that as soon as I saw her sitting there in front of him, I was like, ah, Sean's seen this before. And then he says it. And mm-hmm. I was like, good writing, butt gang. Yeah, they're good. And Alan and Amy come in now, right? Yes. Oh, because they're talking about Prudence, Aunt Prudence? Well, so um, Sean comes in and does his thing. And then Amy and Alan come down. And after Sean is like, wow, good job. Like, you ran away. Amy and Alan come down. They're like, Topanga, we called your parents. And Sean's like, she ran away. Bad girl. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't do that. I told her she shouldn't do that. Amy and Alan come down. They're like, we called your parents. We told her you're safe. We told them that you're safe. Um, your Aunt Prudence is coming and she's going to put you on a train tomorrow. And Topanga gets upset with Amy and Amy is like, stop jumping on us. We didn't move you guys away from each other. Um, we're just trying to tell you how life is. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> Amy, it, well, Eric comes down and he's well, like. Corey says, you're not, we're not against you. Um, it's not that you, that Topanga had to move away. We're upset with you because you're acting like we shouldn't be together. Right. You're acting like we don't know what love is. And then Eric comes down. Yeah. Eric comes down. He's like, I hear yelling and I'm not involved. Uh, and he makes himself comfortable so that he can, uh, observe the fighting. And, and Amy goes on to say, like, you have got to stop acting like you know what you're talking about. I've been married for 22 years and I'm just now figuring out what love is. Like, and, what? And Eric goes, was I a surprise baby? <laughs> and it that was weird to say. It, we've been together 22 years and I just figured out what love is. I mean, love evolves. Right. It changes. It's different because love is a feeling. Like, your feelings towards someone do change. Because that's how feelings work. This whole time, by the way, and I'm I'm watching Alan during this scene, and he's just looking down like he's just deep in thought. And mm-hmm. I recognize that as a real thing because I do that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like there are a lot of times where I think things through and try to think of the way to get through to someone, mm-hmm. and I can't find it. So I'm just listening and listening and listening. While Tanya is going off. Yes. And anyway, so. So uh, Amy it, goes on to say, like, I need you to tell me what love means to you because, it, it, you know, I'm not convinced that you even know what that is. And Corey says, you're right. We haven't been together for 22 years. We've been together for 16 years. You, you know, you told us that when we were babies, we went for stroller walks together. We were best friends when we were two years old. Like We she played was, in the sandbox and from until the time we were six years old when eric told me i shouldn't like girls and that girls shouldn't be my best friend and then i spent seven years throwing dirt at her i call those the lost years mm-hmm. um and topanga is genuinely listening to him with like an adoring expression on her face because when you do hear speeches like this as someone who is the loved one like it just solidifies that like it validates the feelings that you think that someone has for mm-hmm. you. Um, well, Tanya, I remember when we were babies and we were in strollers together. <laughs> and I threw dirt in your face last week. <laughs> and those were the lost minutes. Um, and so 
like everyone's looking at them like obviously they love each other and Corey says like when i'm with her it's the only time that i feel alive it's the only time i feel like me is when i am with her and i am in love right and eric goes well when do i need to call the caterer and then the doorbell rings he goes oh already here <laughs> um so aunt prudence is actually at the door aunt prudence is beautiful mm-hmm. she is so lovely She's so lovely that she played Juliet in the 1968 adaptation of Romeo and Juliet, which most people watched in school. I watched it at home because my, my sister was in public school when I was homeschooled and she had to watch it for school. And I remember thinking that that Juliet was the most beautiful woman I'd ever seen in my life. And how much you loved Shakespeare. I hate Shakespeare. Anyway, um, Aunt Prudence is played by Olivia Hussey. Hussy. Don't hussy shame her. <laughs> um, I I will say that this was pointed out by Channing Arnold in our group yesterday um, when he watched the episode because he likes to do his homework early. Mm-hmm. So He's a teacher's pet. <laughs> like in a good way? <laughs> um, I don't know. I think he might be teaching this class. He might. But He's I, like the teacher's aide. He is like teacher's aide, but he... He said last week, he said he's got Minkus, he's got that Minkus energy. And I was like, damn, big Minkus energy. Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. Channing has big Minkus energy. Yes. Um, so he pointed out that it was Juliet. Um, but the moment she like stepped in the door, I was like, I wouldn't have been able to miss that. Like she is. I would have. You probably never saw that. I movie. didn't. Um, but anyway, so she comes in and she's just elegant as shit. She just like glides in and she's like, all right, Topanga, here's the plan. And like says that, you know, she's going home with her that night. She's going to put her on a train in the morning. Um, and that's just what it's what's going to happen. And Corey says, Dad, you just heard all of this. You're the only one that's sitting there not saying anything. What are you going to say to make this better? And uh, Alan says, I'm not going to have to. And Corey's like, oh, what? And Amy is sitting on the edge of Alan's seat, like looking down at him. Quizzically. And, and he's like, Quizzically a word? Your mom's right. Like, we have been married for 22 years, and I love her very, very much. I know and more I know than just her favorite food and colors. I know that she believes Spaghetti in love above all else. What's your favorite food and color? My favorite color is I cerulean. know your favorite. I know your favorite color. What is it? But cerulean. But mm-hmm. um, your favorite food? I always say I don't know because I feel like there are so many foods that just rotate as your favorite foods. Yeah. Am I right? I would say yes. What's my favorite food? Mm. I think it rotates, but I think cereal is always at the top of the list. No, it's it's but it changes which cereal. You can't just say cereal. Cereal is not the food. Sometimes the food is fruity pebbles with. Marshmallows. Sometimes the food is Captain Crunch with crunch berries. I like a lot of whiffs. Um, you like fruity cereal. Well, sometimes my favorite food is chocolate. Yeah, so it rotates just like me. <laughs> you rotate? <laughs> she's, that's, that's why it's so hard to get this damn podcast done, is because she's always looking away from the microphone because she's rotating. Now it all makes sense. That's why editing is so hard. Anyway. What were we talking about? Favorite foods, colors, she believes in love. Um, so every night we tuck our kids in still. Like they're grown ups, but they still like they want to be tucked in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Caden, not so much. He comes in and says goodnight or whatever. But, but he still needs that. Yeah, he still needs that. Like he doesn't just go to bed and, and then that's it. Like he has to come in and say goodnight. But our children, like Finley and Aubrey, they need to be tucked in and they need their prayers said over them. Like it's just a thing. They just always need it. And I am that mom who prays the things that I feel like they need to hear. I'll be like, I pray that they have a better day tomorrow and that they will, um, you know, stand up for themselves better tomorrow, whatever. So I like passive aggressively like pray over them. And that is what Alan does in this moment. He basically leads Amy to think the way that she needs to. He doesn't lead her to think that way. He just points out a thing that he feels like she should be thinking of. <laughs> so he leads her. But, I he, mean... He leads her. Ch- sure, but he was helping her. He was getting through to her in a way that... What? What's another word? Like, what do you do if you are helping someone get to a certain point? 
helping. Leading. And it's leading. He led her. I mean, I feel like I do this sometimes. Like there's there are ways where you see that someone needs to get. It's Mr. Mm-hmm. Feeney does it all the yeah. time. Somebody needs to get here, but talking to them and telling them that they need to get there isn't going to help them mm-hmm. because they're not going to hear that. Mm-hmm. Alan this entire time is thinking about a way to get Amy to realize how she sounds. Right. And he figures out how to do it by talking to Corey and saying, I love your mother very much. She believes in love. And when you love someone, you have to have faith. Do you love your mother? And Corey says, yes. And he says, then have faith in her. And, and Amy immediately yeah. gets up, like, just complete. She's like, you know what? I just, over. You know what I just thought of. <laughs> she like <laughs> jumps, loves. she jumps up and like goes over and stands beside Topanga. And she's just like, you know what? It is irresponsible. For, you know, parents to rip their daughter out of school, the school that she's been or the the people that she's been with her entire life in junior year when she only has one year left before she goes off to college. Like that is irresponsible. And Aunt Prudence is like, are you calling my sister and my brother-in-law irresponsible? And Amy was like, yes, I am. And then she, like, grabs Topanga and is, like, holding her. Pulls her down on the couch with her, kisses her on the forehead, and I'm like, damn, Amy went to the school of Sean consoling. (laughs) But she gets very motherly, and she's just like, you know, basically, like, these kids have autonomy over themselves, and they're being treated like they don't know what they're talking about. Well, yeah, Amy, you were just doing that five minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. And like their feelings aren't important and all of that. But if anyone knows Topanga, and I've also known Topanga since she was a baby, like she's the best of them. And we're so lucky that this is the person that Corey fell in love with. And she's like ruffling her hair and just being like overly motherly. And she says, if Corey wanted to find someone better, it would be hard, but she doesn't say. It's not impossible. She doesn't There's say someone it's out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she says we've still got a lot to learn about love or whatever. And Corey and Topanga walk out. Well, because Aunt Prudence, Aunt Prudence is like, um, "Can you guys excuse us? We need to talk." And Eric goes, "I'm not. I'm leaving. staying." Yeah. And so Corey and Topanga walk out to the backyard. They go to the backyard. They sit on their back porch cuddled up together. Mr. Feeney walks out of his house, probably because he heard screaming from next door (laughs) and knows that Amy's being a pain in the ass uh, and that he needs to step in and be the voice of reason, Mm -hmm. not realizing that this time Alan did it. But but Mr. Feeney's not used to that that at this point. Mr. Feeney also, it's necessary sometimes for kids to get that information from different sources. Like, he basically laid the brick, like Alan laid the bricks and then Mr. Feeney laid the mortar on top of it. And then they laid more bricks. Like they're building How? this up. Keep going. <laughs> they're building and building. And then who came in? Somebody put in windows. And then there was an electrician. <laughs> and Mr. Turner came in and he put in the lights. <laughs> and you couldn't see anyone on the other side of the window. Anyway. Um, and then they moved to Pittsburgh. So it was all worthless. Anyway, Mr. Feeney comes out and he's like, uh, mind if I have a teaching moment with well, you guys? Well, because he says they're, they're like cuddled up together and they like jump away from each other when he comes outside and he's like, this isn't the classroom. And they cuddle back up together and he says, even though it's not the classroom, can I teach you a lesson? And I'm like, yes, um, always teach a lesson. So he comes out and he's like, at one point in my life, I cared about someone when I ever cared about anyone ever and that person was taken away from me for reasons that I will never understand so it's my understanding that if you love then you need to hold on to that as hard as possible cherish it like feelings of love are something that will never come around in this capacity again and the door busts open and aunt prudence walks outside and she's like who is this man and they're like it's our teacher and she says, I don't like what he's teaching you. He doesn't know everything. And he goes, beg your pardon. <laughs> um, she says what he's teaching them is irresponsible. The same way that it was also irresponsible to tear Topanga away. So she well, acknowledges both. She she does. But in the middle, Mr. Feeney's like, look, I've been their teacher. I've been a teacher for 30 years. If you're saying that I'm being irresponsible, you're disregarding the fact that I've taught 30,000 children, and that I know Mr. Matthews and Miss Hunter better than anyone else. Miss Hunter? 
Whoa. Fruitian, wow. Freudian slip. Fruitian. Fruitian <laughs> pebbles. <laughs> um, her last name is Lawrence. Miss Lawrence and Mr. Matthews. And Corey goes, huh, you like me? And Mr. Freeney goes, stay out of this, Mr. Matthews. Um, and Prudence is like, are you always this verbose? Mm-hmm. And he's just like, he basically loses his senses. He like, goes, he's just like, here we are. <laughs> I ship those two. Oh, yeah. I kind of thought that's where this was going. Like, would love that. And uh, so she goes on and says, yeah, you're right, though. It is irresponsible for us to pull these children apart. Or, or it's it's irresponsible to pull her out of school on in her junior year with a year left. Mm-hmm. We've talked to her mother. And she's going to stay with me. And she does point out that she still feels like their uh, passionate love for each other is a bit much and that she doesn't encourage that. But it is what it is. And Topanga will live with her. So then Topanga and Corey hug like we get to be together. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and and the credits start rolling. Yeah. And music plays. And music plays. And then we just get a black screen with the credits rolling. And that's it. There's no. There's no post credit scene. There's no credit scene. Or post-credits scene. There's no credit scene at all. What is my life? What are we going to talk about for the next 10 minutes? I don't know. How'd you feel about this episode, Alden? <sighs> I thought this was a very good episode. Um, I All around, I enjoyed the episode a lot. I thought that um, Eric was perfect. Like mm-hmm. His little interjections were perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, Alan was great. I saw a lot of me and Alan in, the, in this episode. Amy was frustrating, but you understood where she was coming from. Mm-hmm. And she says over and over and over again, I just don't want you to hurt. Right. But she, by doing that, she's causing more hurt. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't realize that because she's so stubborn in what she believes. Mm-hmm. And she believes that both of these children can go out and learn and, and live life and and grow. She doesn't. She's not looking at how in love they are or or Mm -hmm. how they need to learn for themselves what love is Mm -hmm. um aunt prudence is gorgeous Mm -hmm. Uh, they do point out a couple times that uh she's uh she's never loved and never dated or whatever um i don't know i guess that was for them to say like she just doesn't understand love at all well she's a very like hard woman go on like she's i think that she's like world weary yeah yeah she she comes across as somebody who was in love and then had that ripped from her right um and then she had a better career for it or whatever or she never actually felt a connection like that with someone which i think is a more realistic view of it because if she had felt love and it was ripped from her she would be more understanding than if she had tried to make connections with people and it never worked out i also want to point out that that they talk about how close the two children were in their zero to six years were the parents like not talking it like if they were pushing strollers together amy must have been walking with topanga's mom or whatever Mm -hmm. and they never talked to each other or about each other or anything i have had many many friends yes that have had children that my kids were friends with i am not friends with those people anymore like we have a neighbor that that caden is still friends with the child i am not friends with the mother Mm -hmm. anymore like when I was pregnant with Caden, my very best friend from high school had had a son like six months prior to me having Caden. And when they were babies, we were with each other all the time. They hung out all the time, like all the way up until they were like three or four. They were with each other constantly. Now, if they had continued having a friendship, I am not friends with that mother anymore. It's not out of the realm of possibilities that they would still they would like connect with each other again and become friends again. That's true. Adults don't retain friendships the way that children do. Definitely not. And but and generally, I think the, where I'm thinking of is, uh, I don't usually like our kids' parents. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I don't like our kids' parents either. 
I don't like our kids' friends' parents often. Uh, there are a few that I like and that I'm friendly with and enjoy. So I think what you mean to say is that you don't feel a kinship with them. Like they're fine people, but you don't feel a kinship right, right, right. with them. Right, right, I'm not friends with them just because our kids are friends. Right. Um, but I don't, I also wouldn't have pushed a stroller side by side with another parent because I felt like I had to. Like I just wouldn't have done it. Moms do that often. Like they get together and they're like, let's go. Like we had friends a few years ago that our kids were together all the time and the mom always had a baby and we push babies in the strollers like it's not it's not a weird thing like for kids to be together from a very young age Mm. like kate finley does have friends if he was in school right now one was is like a year younger than him but would be starting in his same school this year and it's someone that he has known since he was six years old Mm -hmm. and like He has known that person for that long. And you're not friends with the parents? I am not friends with the parents anymore. So It's hard to stay friends with people as an adult. Yeah. Um, But overall, I really like the episode. Uh, Butt Gang came in and finished the job right. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I I didn't really have any faults with it, I don't think. Nothing interesting for me to complain about. So, Tanya. (laughs) Yes? How did you feel? about this episode i really really liked this episode i think it made you it made me think like a lot of a lot of different points of view because i am a parent that the thought of my children hurting is very difficult for me like it is something that sometimes keeps me awake at night when i know that they're in situations where they could end up hurt I am also a parent, though, where I want them to experience things that because I wasn't allowed to. I wasn't allowed to make my own choices. I wasn't allowed to make my own mistakes. And so when I did make mistakes, they were like astronomical compared to what they would have been if I had just been able to experience life. Right. Um, so for me, like our kids, like even when it's difficult for me, because my brain would work like Amy's, my brain would immediately go, they don't know what love is like why why are they going to um hurt why why are they willing to hurt Topanga's parents like the thought process of it was irresponsible of her parents to rip her away is kind of ridiculous in the fact that like her mom had to transfer for work to a different city that's not weird and they wanted their daughter who they love to go with them. Like, that's not irresponsible. That's a parent's love. They wanted their daughter with them. Like, it's not our job to be like, "Mm, we're moving, but, oh, I don't know my kid. Right. who Who will have every opportunity to make new friends and whatever. And these people that they know in high school probably aren't going to be their friends for life. So it really doesn't matter that much. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think as a parent it's our job to protect them from the hurt of having to move with us, their parents. Yeah. I don't know. I would definitely, in in our kids' junior year or whatever, think twice about moving them away. Well, you I'm... think about... I, I definitely know that you think about that more. Like, when it comes to schools and stuff and changing schools, you're like, I don't want Aubrey to be away from the people that she has grown up with. There's value in that. Right. And maybe because my experience is different, I don't see value in that. Like... Because I know that eventually those people are not going to be in in her life. And maybe that's my cynicism, but it's also my experience. Like, I grew up with the same people from birth. Like, literally from birth. Mm -hmm. We were in the nursery together. And when people talk about being in school together and being in church together, it sounds like very different things. But we were at church every day. We were spending hours and hours together. And then we were at our house, our, at each other's houses on the weekends. Like Where, where I think that experience is different for you, um, for everyone, is the... Because yeah, I had a similar experience as that. Mm-hmm. But I didn't get anything out of that either. But when you are in a small group like that, you don't get to pick and choose people who you really... You don't find... You don't go through enough people to find people who really um, fit you mm-hmm. the same way. Whereas when you're in a large, a giant school system, 
when you gravitate towards one or two or three people, you generally are gravitating towards someone who really, really is your other person. I agree with that to a point, but that's assuming that people don't change right. the way that they are as they're older. And I think right. that's the biggest thing. So my best friend when I was between nine and 16 years old was my best friend. Like, mm-hmm. And we were very much like each other. And then we hit 16. We were completely different people. Right. Like completely. Like she had a, a a completely different experience than me when it came to her love life or, you know, what um, opportunities that she had. And mine, like, small things change the, traje- the trajectory of your life. Mm-hmm. And to think, like, Topanga needed to be with Corey and Sean and all of her, really, those are her only two friends. Like, right. Trini's not there. Like, they're... There's no one else. It's just those two. And then Mr. Feeney and the Matthews family, like, she could change Mm -hmm. and not need them anymore. And then what was all of this for? And now she doesn't live with her parents either. Yeah, but if she's going on and changing or if they are changing, then that is their growth as people. and, And it's naturally happening as opposed to them just being pulled from it automatically. Like, it's it's like, so I was um, reading, uh, sort of, I was skimming through a Kurt Cobain book yesterday, mm-hmm. and it just, it really brought these thoughts back to me where I realized, like, there are so many bands who have been important to culture that two or three albums in changed the face of music and then faded away mm-hmm. because they just didn't have that anymore and they, they, they aren't looked at the same way that Nirvana is because they had three huge albums and then were ripped from us. Mm -hmm. So we didn't get to see them progress and grow and we didn't have that opportunity to feel like, all right, I got my fill. Right. Um, And I think in this situation, that's kind of similar with Corey and Topanga. Like they didn't get to see that through and see, like if they had been moved apart when they broke up, they would have maybe adapted differently and maybe eventually they find each other again and they're like you know what i really did love you and we really were perfect for each other but right here they're in the middle of their like we're we finally figured this shit out Mm -hmm. and then you pull that apart it's a lot harder yeah because it hasn't had a chance to fall apart yet right i mean i I do say all of this to say like uh, like I guess it negates the fact that, like, they do have autonomy over themselves and they should be allowed to make their own decisions mm-hmm. and all of that. But when it comes to moving, like, our kids are going with us. Like, that's not... We're not tearing them away from people. We're moving our family unit. Like, she's their... Really, their only child. They had another daughter at some point, but she's gone. Like, she disappeared mm-hmm. in the first season. Like, she's their only child. They love her. Like... Your kid goes with you when you move if you love them. <laughs> like, right. it's just how it is. That's not irresponsible. That's the only point that I was trying to make with that. Like, mm. but I also think that, like, Amy, my argument is more against Amy's, like, they don't know what love is, blah, 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 blah. Like, they get to decide that. We don't. Right. Um, But, I mean, I love the episode. I also found it really interesting how quiet this episode was Mm -hmm. because there wasn't a lot of background music or anything like that. And I would have thought it was a slow episode if I hadn't been feverishly writing and Mm. we hadn't had to pause it a million times. It had a very slow vibe to it, which I remember when Girl Meets World first came out. What is that? So... I'm just going to jump forward like a little bit. Oh, my head. Girl Meets World came out and there were episodes where I was like, I don't like how slow and quiet this is. Like, what is this nonsense? And I realized actually they just were keeping up with the vibe of certain episodes of Boy Meets World. This isn't the first time this has happened where I'm like, this is kind of a slow and quiet episode. When I hit record on these episodes, I am in. 1997 you just ripped me out of my fabric uh, uh the, the fabric of time you are fabric you ripped me time. out of my fabric and that's not <laughs> podcast appropriate uh and now my head hurts i'm sorry what is girl like anyway i loved this episode i'm really proud of butt gang um i can't believe that 
they didn't have the same person write both episodes. But this also very much felt like a season finale. It did. It's felt, not. Felt very much like a season finale. It's not the season finale. I know. We're gonna we're gonna talk about another episode next week. Yeah. And who knows how it's that one really goes? Really good episode. Is it? Yeah. Okay. I think so. I don't know because I'm in the week that this show came out. Oh. In my head, and now my head hurts. Really I'm bad. a fortune teller. Anyway, anything else you want to add? I don't think so. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. At BMG and BMW. You can find us on our Facebook group, which is a much better place to meet and talk and hang out. Yeah. Um, and really, you'll learn a lot from all of the other listeners because they know Boy Meets World really, really well. And they make very good points. Very, very good points. Yeah. Um, we've got um, a couple people. I know last week we actually shouted out Joe, but we did it in the first time we recorded and we had to restart our recording oh really yes oh um yeah shout out joe shout out like we had just we had just talked about how valuable some of the things that joe says Mm -hmm. like and how we don't ever really shout him out and then we had to stop recording and i was like listening to the episode i was like wait i know we talked about joe and then realized that we did it in our mess up recording yeah whoops oopsie i didn't even realize that I did. I thought it was still in there. He's so there's certain like everyone who talks in the group is absolutely wonderful. But when people like first start talking in it, um, I get so excited. I'm like, I haven't talked to this person before. (laughs) Um, My favorite thing about Joe is that a lot of the music that he listens to is music that I listened to when I was younger. So like, I feel like we always end up talking about like, I guess, nostalgic moments from, like, our childhood. And I love that about him. Mm. So. Okay. Um, yeah, if you want to talk to Joe. Join our Facebook group. Talk to Joe. Talk to <laughs> Cassie. Talk to Channing. Talk to John. Talk to Mike. Talk to Nicole. Talk to lots of people. Yeah. Um, talk to us. Yeah, we're in there. Tanya more so than me. I'm bad at social media. Anyway. Um, you can also email us at bmgmbmw at gmail.com. Oh my goodness, I butchered that. Yeah, you did. Uh, guess we're not getting any emails this week. <laughs> um, anything else you want to say before we go? No, thanks for listening. Thank you guys so much. You've been wonderful. Tanya, I love you. You're wonderful. I love you too. Aww. Uh, this has been Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World, Season 4, Episode 17. Class dismissed.